Good morning, Saints. How are you this morning? I pray that all is well. Yes, everything is well. Everything is well. And I, I pray that as we go through the morning lesson, it will be a blessing to each and everyone who are on the platform, who are listening right now on this platform. Amen? Amen. The morning lesson this morning is taken from Matthew 16, St. Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. And we begin. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and you hearing me? Hello? Yes, yes. we are hearing you. Okay. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the key of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. <coughs> Father in heaven, we bless your name. Father, as we come this morning, we come not in our own strength, but we come in your strength this morning. Father, as we prepare ourselves, but Lord, your spirit continues to speak to us. You continue to lead and direct us. So Lord, this morning, as we are about to proclaim such a word, Father, speak with us this morning. Loosen our tongue this morning as we tell you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. This morning, we'll be looking at a team the church a very practical thing but a very controversial point you know when i was growing up i usually asked the question why go to church why does we go to church all these questions i usually ask but coming in a relationship where jesus is concerned we kind of understand what the church is all about. So this morning, we'll just have a, a brief look at some implication where the church is concerned. We'll first be looking at the church, its history. Then we will look, then we will look at the relationship between the church universal and the local church. And we will look at divine institution of the local church. So, brother, brethren, this morning, I just ask you to just help me up this morning in prayer as we about to partake in God's wonderful word. The church. What is the church? What is a church? You know, people ask the question, I don't need to go to church. The church is in my heart. So why should I go to church? I can be saved at home. Fine. But there is scripture to prove that we need to go to the assembly. So when we look at it, a local assembly of believers, that's the church, well as the redeemed of all age who follow Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. So that's the church. It's a local assembly of believers, redeemed of all age, not just yesterday, of all age that follow Jesus Christ. In the four gospels of the New Testament, the term church is found only in Matthew 16, verses 18, and 18, chapter 18, 17. This scarcely of usage is in the book, 
that report on the life and ministry of Jesus. This is perhaps the best explained by the fact that the church as the body of Christ did not begin until the day of Pentecost after the ascension of Jesus. We can look at Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4. There's a lot of scripture that the church began on the day of Pentecost may be demonstrated in various ways. Christ himself declared the church to be yet for the next future. Matthew 16, 18. It was founded upon the death, resurrection, and ascension of Christ. And such as accomplished fact was not possible until Pentecost. There could be no church until it was fully purchased with the blood of Christ. Amen? The Greek word for church is Elkia. This word is used 115 times in the New Testament, mostly in the book of Acts. And it is written of the Apostle Paul and the general epistle. At least 92 times this word refers to a local congregation. The other reference are to the church generally, all believers everywhere of all ages. When the church general is in play, church refers to how to follow Christ without respect to a local or time. The most general reference to the church occurs in Ephesians chapter 1, 22, Ephesians 3, 10 to 21, Ephesians 5, 23 to 32. Since the church generally refers to all believers of all ages, it will not be completed until after the judgment and the assembly of all the redeemed in one place will become a reality only after the return of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23, Revelation 21 to 22. Virgin, that will be a very intrigued time when we all redeemed. And all believers will be gathered together. That's a blessing. Because the church generally will not become a tangible reality until after Christ's return. The greatest emphasis in the New Testament is to place upon the idea of the local church. The local church is a visible operation of the church generally and is given time and place. As we look at the commission, Speaking to his follower after his resurrection, Jesus commissioned the church to make disciples and teach them what he had taught those disciples. The entire book of Acts is a story of the early church struggle to be loyal to the commission. As we read the book, we are impressed by the reality that, that Christ through the presence of the Holy Spirit, continue to direct his church as the carrier out of this commission. The early church met in, in temple court, Jewish synagogue, as well as private home of believer. Later in recognition of Christ's resurrection, on the first day of the week, Sunday became the principal time for public worship. 
Amen. Amen. At this public worship service, missionary, teaching, and outreach in the name of Christ were offered to all within reach. Every individual within reach could hear the message at that given point. In the worship service of the early Christians, prayer was offered not only on the Lord's Day, but on special occasion as well. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. And the scripture was read, James chapter 1, 22, 1 Thessalonians 5, 27, the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup of the Lord they were observed as, as continuing in proclamation of Jesus' death and anticipation of his return and the participation in his body and blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 20 to 29, offering for these needy were also received. That is 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. We can look at all those scriptures when you have time. At first, at first, church organization was flexible to meet change in need. As the church became more established, however, church officers came into existence. These included the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the elder, the bishop, the minister, our teacher, deacon, our deaconess. All, although the church organization was veered from denomination to denomination, today the pattern and purpose of the New Testament remain a mother for churches as they pursue their mission in the world. Amen. The organization pattern by which church govern itself at first church organization and government in the new testament was flexible to meet change in need but as the church became better established it gave attention to the right structure and, and procure that would help it accomplish its mission in the early days the apostle direct the work of the church then seven men were chosen to, full, to fulfill the need. Acts chapter 6. Later, prophets, evangelists, elders, bishops, and deacons were chosen. No single pattern of government in the early church can be discovered by reading the New Testament. Thus, numerous forms of church government and use today are provided, are order, structure for the work of the church. Amen? That is just a brief illustration how the church was formed. And now we look at the relationship between church universal and the local church. With respect to the relationship between church universal and the local church, scripture teach clearly that these are not two different church are two different types of church. But the church universal consists of all true believers who are found in the local church. Since it is God's will that all believers should be joined to a local church, all case where an individual believes on account of special circumstances, temporary does not hold membership in the local church. Therefore, our true believer, our true member of the church universal, who are joined together 
in a visible communion for the purpose of executing the office of the key or the purchase or a particular church power which Christ has given to his church on earth. This point must be clearly understood for a local church in the proper sense of the term consists of only true believers. All hypocrites who are not members of the church universal are likewise not truly member of a local church. Matthew 24, 32, Matthew 22, 12 to 14, Matthew 20, 10 to 16, Matthew 13, 47 to 48. Their connection with the local church is only external and accidental. Brethren, this is so much. It is so much. The divine institution of a local church. The question whether local churches exist by divine institution or command. So that believers living at a one place must either organize such church where they do not exist or join them where they do exist. This is of great importance. So when we say a church started on the outside, people complain a lot about church, the man want to make money, the man need that, the man need that, and it's not God is truly worshiping. But when you look at scripture, the scripture, the, the scriptures can speak clearly where that is concerned. Because it said to the to to this to this objection of those who deny this point on the ground that membership in the church universal is sufficient for salvation and that Christ has given his followers no direct command to establish our giant local church so that the local church are a free organization founded by men and as practical need of believer in this world have made the necessary we reply that this is indeed God's will and God's appointment. So when we see a church being formed, it is the will of God to make people understand that they can go out. They can have fellowship. Because remember, you know, in the early church, we they usually have out-to-out service. People usually go out, hide, go to an house where prayer was con um, conducted and enjoy themselves. And you know that's how really the church really begins in those days. Because if we go back to the book of Romans chapter 16, I think, where Aquila and Priscilla started the church, it was in a home. It was in a home. And brethren, when we see somebody put up a church and say, This is the church of the living God, we are there to go and worship. We are supposed to go and worship. You may not believe that so well, boy, they are God-driven, but brethren, you can get something from it. What it's saying, it says that all believers living in one place should establish in their midst of the public ministry and make diligent use of it by hearing and learning God's word, as it proclaimed by the divine call minister. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 to 6. Acts chapter 2, 
42 to 47. Acts chapter 14, 23. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 28. 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3. And Titus chapter 1, verse 5. We can get so much where the church is concerned when we look at all of these implications. That they should that they should together celebrate in holy communion. Communion is a must, as the, the scripture say, as often as possible. And it said in First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-six, First Corinthians chapter ten, seventeen, and exercise the duty of the Christian fellowship and love. First Corinthians chapter eleven, thirty-three. First Corinthians chapter ten, Acts chapter six, one to six and Colossians chapter 3, 15 and 16. That they, should, that, that they should together, not only privately reprove an erring brother, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 and 16, but also as a church or a congregation, rebuke and discipline unrepentant sinner, Matthew 18, 17 and 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. If follow that it is indeed God's will and ordain that Christians should establish and maintain local church, for without them, the Christian obligation enjoys so definitely cannot be performed. Brethren, when we when we look at all of these implications where the church is concerned, we see that according to the scripture in Hebrews chapter 9, 22. The, the, the B section without Jesus went to the cross to shed that blood. Where would we be this afternoon? We can think and we can ponder and we can say so much. We can put up where and we can say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. We can say so much, but all emphasis is not on us. Is on the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. According to the scripture, only faith in Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world, make a person a member of the church. Did you hear it? According to the scripture, only faith in Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world, make a person a member of the church. Last week, we were in discussion and an individual asked the question, going to church, does that mean you are a member? You know, I, I have to explain a lot of things to the, the person. And, you know, they were debating and said, we are not even going to church because the church never asked. And so much. But when we look at the scripture, faith in Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of the world, make a person a member of the church. Jesus Christ is the body of the church. Jesus Christ is the living sacrifice. Jesus Christ paid all that at Calvary for me and you. Not the external connection with a local church. Not the external 
connection with a local church. So, you know, you have a lot of people go to church through a big tide, through a big offering, do so much around the church compound, but are they really a member of the body of Christ? Are they really that member of, of the church of God? So we can do so much when it comes to church, but you have to be sincere. You have to have faith in Jesus Christ who died for the sins of the world to make you that person be a member of the church. The external use of mean of grace, nor the external profession of the Christian faith, nor the administration of office is visible church, nor afford to intimate Christ's exemplary by outward following him. Acts chapter 5, verse 14. Only true believer in Christ is a member of his holy church. Acts chapter 16, verse 31. And we can remember that story about the jailer who said he believed and his whole household was saved. Brethren, brothers and sisters, we can look to the one who continues to save us. We cannot save ourselves. Jesus Christ died for our sins. We were wandering sheep, we were scattered, but Jesus Christ came. The word of God said in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, that in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God sent his only son to redeem us back. The word of God said in Ephesians that we were wandering, we were scattered. We didn't have no relationship, but God sent his son that we can have that relationship today. Brothers and sisters, we ask you this morning that as we continue to listen to God's voice, listen to the holy word that God has sent to his people, let us take pride and put aside. Let us focus on what Christ said we must focus on. You know, as I heard Abba was speaking about the earthly position, the shoes, the garments, all of those. And all of those rot, all of those disappear. But Jesus told us, where is mutt and rot can destroy that. Give to the Lord. They could give our service to the Lord. Go to the house. You know, Jesus said to the Nicodemus, you must be born again. And the only way, Nicodemus asked the question, I am a big man, I am old, but how can I be born? Jesus answered him, you know, earthly thing, but spiritual things you don't discern. So we can say we are a part of the church, the part of the church, going to church on a Sunday. But are we really a true member of the church of God? Are we truly a member of the church? God is looking for a true worshiper, true worshiper. 
And it's not to pretend that we are true worshippers. God said he knows the sincerity of our heart. He knows when we are putting on a face. He knows when we are sincere to him. So brothers and sisters, this morning, are we sincere to be a part of the church? The church, Jesus shed his blood on that cross to buy us back, buy us back. We were scattered, we were wandering sheep, we were lost, we didn't have a home. But thank God that today he has placed us in the right place, the right home that we can have fellowship with our brothers and our sisters. So may God continue to bless you at the New Life Church. Oh, may His Spirit continue to lead you, guide you, and direct your path because only Him can direct that path. So today we can look at these few words, not a long text. I was just studying the text about three, four days ago. And I said, this is a text. It may be short, but it has meaning. It has implication in it. And we can look over the word. We can look at all the scriptures and see where the church, how the church was formed. Oh, God used the church. Oh, God used so much individual to carry the word of salvation to a dying world. So may God bless you. May you have a good day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.